What's going on, cool Christian nerd community? This is your host, your brother, from another mother but the same Heavenly Father, Jamie Centeno. This podcast will help you to be the smart one in what matters in any social gathering you're in while keeping your cool factor. Now, how's this going to go down? I thought I'd hit up some of the smartest, most experienced, most keeping it real people I know to talk about subjects they are prolific in and that matter. If you are a younger believer still working out how you are seeing the world and wondering how a person of faith should engage it, this is the podcast for you. I want to keep it brief but beefy with helpful info. Let's go. Yes, yes, here we go again. Today I'm going to be on the line with Pastor Kelly Lorkey. Pastor Kelly is an author of a book, Punker to Pastor, where it shares his testimony of how he went from a punker to a pastor. And he's also pastoring a church called the Cure Church with several church plants that come from that church. Today, what we're going to be discussing is fake Christianity. Beware of what we're about to share because I think it's going to be something that's jarring. Let's listen and learn together. Hey, everybody. I'm on the phone with Pastor Kelly. Hey, Pastor Kelly, how are you? Hello. How are you doing, Jamie? I'm doing well. I know you're taking some of your time out uh, from, for, to be with us because you're out there in Texas and you're speaking to some friends and some churches that you have relationship with. So thank you for taking some time. Anything from one of my favorite pastors in the East Coast. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that, man. Well, listen, let's get right into this. I have sent you a topic and I picked it out and I thought you would be an ideal person to talk about this subject with. with. (laughs) And it's, uh, fake Christians, not that you're a fake Christian. Yeah, I was wondering, why did you feel like I was an <laughs> ideal guy for this? <laughs> not that you were the guy, but um, from what we talked about, you're just, you know, you're, you're devoted, you're hardcore for Jesus, and there's something to when people don't go all in that we talk about a lot, and it can be a an area of concern for us. So what did you think about when I sent this topic to you? Actually, I, I had a lot of things going through my mind. I, I kind of giggled when I read what you wanted to talk about for a moment. Then I, I just started pondering uh, what what I would think about a fake Christian and, and the topic. Uh, one, one reason why it was coming to my mind, I, I started thinking uh, the lines of accept what's acceptable and what mm-hmm. grace is and... Uh, um, how would you say uh, someone could actually be backslidden? All those things are going through mm-hmm. my mind. The lines are all changed right now, it appears. And right. uh, and uh, it's like, it almost seems like it's impossible the way things are preached or the way at least us Christians in the West, uh, that there is, I don't know, we were losing spiritual and moral absolutes. And we're hmm. calling everything still Christian, no matter what. So all those type of things are going through my mind. Right. Yeah. What qualifies you to be a Christian now might not be the biblical definition, but it might and, be and, a cultural definition. 
and then I started thinking, okay, you know, but then you go so far, you don't want to be legalistic about what's fake and real. You want to make sure right. you exercise God's mercy and grace that we're all a work in progress, but mm -hmm. it's a good topic and it needs to be discussed. So how would you describe what a fake Christian is um, to the best of your ability? So, so these are the things that came to my mind. You know, obviously you talk about wolves in sheep's clothing, you know, uh, outwardly looking good, inwardly being corrupt. I started thinking about Acts 19, the seven sons of Sceva, when mm -hmm. they're casting out that demon, we cast you out in the name of Jesus, the one Paul talks about. And uh, I call those guys anointed actors. <laughs> wow. And and then I, I started thinking about the scripture in Thessalonians where it says they transform themselves into apostles, but they're not. Hmm. All, all those things were coming to my mind. Uh, but let's bring it right down to the average person that right. might be listening. You know, uh, I think that at the core of this, it's hard. It's hard. You can be a Christian totally struggling with your issues, your sin, your, your, your flesh, and you're sincerely repenting, sincerely trying to get set free, delivered, and you, you rest in God's grace. You rest in the identity of Christ. And then there's the ones that have no consciousness Hmm. of repentance or wrong and uh they completely willfully know but they uh put on the banner of christianity uh i don't know they say they're in the light but deep down they're walking in darkness and they don't care right and uh, to me it's really a hard issue because somebody can be struggling with the same thing a fake christian's doing Right. But the difference is they're struggling, trying to get free, where the other one, I feel, thinks it's acceptable, don't judge me, all those rebellious statements, and oh. they don't want no, no accountability, and their motive is never pure as a fake Christian. You know, wow. as you That's and I good. are pastors, <laughs> one of the things we always deal with about fake Christians is probably with the singles in the church, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. someone that wants to hook up with a girl or a guy, and they're just putting on their front yep. and or they're coming in to do ministry and they're uh, putting on their best side, but their motive and their heart is got alternative things there. They're not being for real. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get into this. I want to give you a scenario that I came across and something I did about it. And I just want you to just be honest. Was that a cool or uncool way of handling it uh, after I explain it? So I had this guy who was going to our church for a couple of years now. And after a while, there was three different ladies that ended up uh, approaching some of our leaders and confessing that they were in some kind of illicit relationship with them. Um, two of these ladies were actually single mothers and one was a married woman. Now the leaders were handling the situation with the ladies who had repented, but after a while, and I was finding out this stuff, and as we were working it out, I took some time during our midweek service. It wasn't on the Sunday. It was midweek um, where some of our core people would be. And I put this guy's picture on the screen. He was, he was no longer coming to the church. He started, we started uh, 
put his picture up and we let people know he was a wolf in sheep's clothing and to be on alert. Now, my question, is that a cool or uncool way of handling <laughs> what I believe at the time was a fake Christian? Well, uh, that's pretty radical for today. But just because it's radical, I can't write it completely off. Did you ever, uh, did your leadership or you ever confront the guy about these relationships? Yeah, we did. So was, we confronted him and, um, and well, those were things, yeah, that we were, we were talking to him about, yeah. And as he wasn't, didn't sound the way you're describing, not too repentive about it. Oh, no. I mean, he was, it was as ugly as he was showing people pictures of what had happened. Oh, yeah, and cool. um, so it was, it was pretty. Nasty. Well, here, here, here's this, this, this horrible truth in Christianity. You know, the Bibles in the New Testament and the epistles, many, many forms of showing how we were supposed to do church discipline. And uh, it was, would seem pretty harsh compared to t today's standard. But even us as pastors, we're trying, okay, we're trying to redeem people. People are always going to fall short and so forth. But back what I said about unrepentive and heart, this guy didn't show it. We know in first Corinthians, first right. Corinthians chapter five, the scenario where the man's sleeping with his stepmother and mm -hmm. uh this you know this you know he's, he paul rebukes the church and he says deliver that person unto satan and uh kick him out let the world have his way let the devil have his way with him but then we, we kind of forget what paul goes on and says a few verses down he talks about leaven spoiling the whole lump and then yeah. he says uh you know I, I i told you in time before don't you know Eat with anyone who's a drunkard, liar, extortioner, so forth. Uh, don't even eat with such a person. And don't have nothing to do with them. Kick them out. And then he goes on and says, I did not mean someone in the world that was a liar, drunkard, extortioner, so forth, reviler. Uh, because then you'd have to leave the world because we're trying to reach those people. And I think a lot of Christians and pastors, we're afraid of what we're going to look like being too harsh on this very, very um, positive, affirming only gospel. And Paul goes on and says, you know, because everyone loves to say, well, you're being judgmental. Don't judge. Well, that scripture so pulled out of context. You know, Jesus is talking about the intent of the heart because Paul goes on and says right afterwards, are we not supposed to judge those on the inside? God judges those outside of the church. We are to judge those within, put away from yourself this evil person. That's and right. if we didn't have this kind of discipline, then the church would look nothing. It would look just like people of the world. Right. And people would come to get free and have a lifestyle change and have Christ set them free from their challenges and sins. And they see other people doing that, the same thing that they're doing out in the world. Why come to church? Right. I mean, Christianity's got to be more about than getting a new T-shirt and a Bible, right? Right, and you know, and so what what you wolves. did, and and what you did is Matthew eighteen. You confront somebody, they don't listen. You have the elders deal with it, and this is Jesus saying before the church was even formed in Matthew eighteen, the church didn't get established in Acts chapter two. Jesus said, "Tell, bring up before the whole church." 
and treat that person like a sinner or tax collector and kick them out. Jesus said that. So what you did, it sounds extreme today because how far we've gotten away from, uh, um, you know, church Christian discipline. Discipline's never meant to condemn. Right. It's, it's meant to restore. Right. So, so here's the problem. Here's the problem today. When Paul is saying, or Jesus, remove them from the church, like in Corinthians, well, back then there was no other church. Well, that was the church in Corinthians. Today, you may discipline somebody that way, and they what happens? They go to another church. <laughs> they get accepted, sometimes put in ministry right away, uh -huh. and, and they were never suffered that loss that would make them turn to true repentance and be a real Christian. And that thing just keeps following them and following them. Right, right. Yeah, well, as for me and my house, we have to serve the Lord and we have to do what's right by how sure. we see God would work with us to make us authentic. So give me, let me give you this one. We, we've talked about just the difference between charisma and character. Charisma would have to do more with, you know, the talent, the gift, the anointing on someone. But the character is one thing um, or another thing, I would say than charisma is. Um, and we've been around long enough to know that people get the spiritual lingo down in Christianity and they know how to appear the part and get away with it. Are there any like giveaways that you would share with us that shows that what a person is doing is all a show? What are the giveaways that uh, you see when it comes to somebody trying to you know, just, just get by, but not really having the character of a Christian. Well, when I, when I think about this, I think about, uh, I always think about charisma versus character in, in this visual. If you go to any church or most churches, let me go deep, just say my church, you see the stage. When you walk on the stage, it's clean, it's ready to go. The equipment's at the right place. It's ready for service. But when you go behind the stage, you usually find boxes, cords, equipment. It's kind of hard to walk behind stages in churches. Mm. And I think, like you said, charisma is sometimes what we are on the stage, our gifts. That's good. But it's our character is behind the stage, uh -huh. what we hide, what nobody sees, you know, and uh, anyone can look good and say something and post something and so forth. But the one thing to show what character is, in which in a very impatient world today and very impatient ministry uh, is time the test of time. That's why Paul says, don't use a novice. Don't use a new believer because sometimes characters got to be proven. It right. takes, it takes time uh, to show. That's why people don't like to wait when they hook up with somebody, you know, they want to marry them right away, but they, they were attracted to their looks and charisma, but character is something that's going to take a little bit of time to work out. Uh, and, you know, it's not hard to figure out what, what is that saying? You people learn how to behave 
to get what they want. Uh-huh. There, there's a way you can, with your charisma, you can behave a certain way in your church, but you're doing that for your motive to get what you want, to get your ministry, your title, or again, back to the issue of Christian dating. Yeah, I'll behave for a little bit because I know the outcome I'm going to get this. But as Christians, our character is we're behaving because we love Christ. We've yeah. surrendered our life to Christ, whether I get something or not. And uh, uh, I mean, that, that, and time will always show that, you know, huh. tests, how do they handle themselves in trials? You know, when they go, when they're going through it, are they quick to jump in, you know, fleshly conduct and fleshly speech? Uh, or does it, does conflict and trials draw them closer to God or does it make them bitter and offended? Right. All of those. And that's again, when we talk of the subject, we have to consider there are some people that are a work in progress. Doesn't necessarily they're fake, but they haven't worked that out. But real carnal Christians are going to do their very best to respond Christ-like on most of these situations. And if they don't, they acknowledge their shortcomings that I failed. I've messed up at this. I need help. They're not proud. Let me tell you. Here's, I just dealt with this incident actually earlier today talking to another pastor. How do you know when they're fake? When you want to bring some accountability and you want to talk and you want to bring some accountability into somebody's life and they refuse it because they know they're going to be exposed for their fakeness. Yeah. Yep. They shrink back from the light. They don't like any kind of fire you have to go through that would temper or, you know, expose some things so that's good you know yeah you know i I don't know who's going to be listening to this you know uh but if there's any singles out there they're going to be listening to this podcast Uh i'm gonna just throw it out there trust the process don't rush into anything and there's all of these you know christian dating sites now and there's this christian hookup.coms i i you know i'm not going to get into the rights and wrongs about any of that type of stuff but if you're in a church and you're connected to somebody in that church, make sure that they're a son of that house, their faithfulness. And the best person that you should ask, you should ask your pastor. Uh You should ask the father of that house, hey, what do you think about so-and-so? Because they're going to let you know right now. They know stuff that you don't know. They may not put out someone's dirty laundry, but they'll say, hey, maybe you should pray about somebody else or not at this time. That's not an issue of control because that, you know, what we live in that generation, Pastor Jamie, that if people don't get what they want right away, they throw the control legalism card at you when we're just right. trying to help somebody and pastor them. Yeah. We've been responsible to watch over their soul and we take that yeah. seriously. So that's good. Now, do you got some tips for those people who are hearing this, that they're looking to stay true. They're looking to stay authentic in their relationship with Jesus um, how do they stay true? What are some tips you would give them, especially when they're around those who are like faking the funk? Because that's unavoidable sometimes. So what would they do? What would you say? Well, uh, this may, I mean, sometimes though, when you're around those people, it's going to rub off on you. Sometimes you need to change your playmates in your playground. Yeah. And, and that's not a statement for someone to say they've been around a few flaky Christians in a church that are fake and then you have to leave your church 
No, because I'm sure there's great people in the community that COD put you in. But sometimes you have to change, you know, that place you're around, who you fellowship with. It's not out of self-righteousness. It's not out of I'm better than you. Because everybody's influencing somebody. Period. Yeah. Either they're influencing you or you're influencing them. And so, you know, I think sometimes we have to get back to the point, can the Holy Spirit do his job and really speak to us when we get out of bounds? You know, you know, you know, the NBA playoffs are going on right now and there's referees out there and, and their whole purpose is to let you know if they were out of bounds, they broke a rule. Uh, yep. They traveled or, uh, well, nobody travels in the NBA anymore, but, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's what the Holy Spirit is. Let's listen to him and God's word sincerely it is, is okay. That's what makes me real or fake. Is am, am I submitted? Am I consciously trying to submit to God's word and the Holy Spirit throughout life? You know, um, and the Bible says in uh, well, First Corinthians six, right after that whole scenario, it says, "We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your spirit and your body." Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you you recognize you're a real Christian when you recognize that you are not your own anymore. The Holy Spirit's just not something that gets inside of our vessel and tickles us and gives us goosebumps. No, the Holy Spirit's supposed to be us letting him be the driver's seat of our daily activities as a child of God so he can use us, not us telling him to get in the back seat and we're driving and bail us out when we get a ticket. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, I, I see it as those who are fake and those who might be authentic, eventually they're going to annoy each other because there's a sense where light and darkness, they're going to, they just repel one another. Um, and if somebody's really looking to li live authentic, they just have to realize that, that the one who might not be authentic or, or they're just fake is either going to try to convert them to their side or just totally just remove themselves from their company because of uh yeah what it exposes in them that they're not comfortable with well the bible says bad company corrupts good intentions and you know what ephesians it says have no fellowship with the works of darkness but rather expose them and reprove them you know we've been serving god for some years now and you we remember those early years when we were coming out and growing up in the church for overall in the ministry, but even sometimes with just being with certain pastors, I must admit, yeah. you start being a light. And when people start saying you're acting religious, you're too much this, well, you realize your view of your conviction and your level of what you call your commitment to Christ is not matching with these people. If they're putting you down for your, for your conviction Instead of applauding it, even if they're not at that level, it should be admired. See, the word holiness to some people has been it's been replaced by the word legalism. Right. And uh, there would be a time that somebody would say that's a holy man of God. But then today people say, no, they're just being legalistic because they're just having a higher conviction than that person. And we write them off this generation 
Yeah. Instead of taking a look, maybe God wants me to raise my level of holiness. We kind of forget the Bible says without holiness, no man shall see God in Hebrews, the New Testament. Right. That's good. Well, I got one more question for you. I know we sure. talked a lot about just the, the fake and all that stuff and, and what to be aware of and tips. But what story can you tell us about someone who did something that showed that they were the real deal? Uh, you've seen their life and it's like, man, this is this is authentic, this is real. So more like a, a real Christian and what that looked like to you. Well, you know, I, I had an incident. I've had this a few times. And this is what kind of reminds me of this. When somebody was dishonest or unfair in Christianity or ministry. And I had no idea that they were. And they some incidents happen and then they call me back and say you didn't know but i was offended at this or i promised this and i wasn't being completely honest in other words i never would have known i guess when i've seen those times when people could have got away with something and never would have got caught but they came forward to be right in their heart with God, even though they would have never been caught. They wanted to make those things right. To me, that's one of the biggest things I see in real Christians. Doing what's right, even though you can get away with doing wrong, but your heart, and they have this, this spiritual moral compass inside of them even though that person doesn't they don't write it off who cares it's not that big of a deal they have some some conviction in their life mm -hmm. and and they'll make it right there's times i've had to get on an airplane and try to make it right with a few people um uh, there's a few times i've had to uh do that sometimes it doesn't work out you know sometimes i've tried and it even got worse but I'm always wanting to consider my heart as much as I can for myself. I get worried when we get to the place of, oh, who cares? It doesn't matter. I'm done. It's over and all that. So I know that's what stands out to me on that. No, that's good. It's almost like they're going to do their part to make the relationship right because of what Jesus is convicting them of and, and what they're compelled to do. They rather kind of, lose face if you will like they would they wouldn't even mind doing that for the sake of making things right where a lot of people are trying to protect their reputation or protect themselves from that even coming to light and thinking oh, i'm just dealing with it between me and god and that's good enough yeah I, I really think that is the real deal christian when they're willing to make it right with the person that they had an offense or bitterness towards that might have not known and so they're going the extra mile. That's well, yeah. Saying. Well, the Bible says, leave your gift at the altar before you even pray and go make a right. That's on that incident. And then, you know, I think it's the heart of, you know, remember when uh, Joseph with Potiphar's wife, mm -hmm. his attitude was he could have got away with it. And he goes, I can't do this thing. I, I, I can't right. I can't sin against my master or or the Lord. You know, uh, he, he, he took it personal, even though the opportunity, no one's around, it's there. Uh, 
he had a conviction that no, I just be, just because I can get away with it doesn't mean, you know, um, um, you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, it doesn't mean that we it should be permissible or something we do. So, hey man, I appreciate that. I appreciate your time and your stories. I'm sure there's some people that are listening to this that would like to hear more and see what you're up to. So how can people check out what you're doing, website, any social media handles that they can look into to um, follow you? Uh, yeah, they can go, uh, our website's the Cure Church, C-U-R-E, dot, the Cure dot Church, the Cure dot Church. And then uh, they can go to my social media, Instagram, Facebook, at Pastor Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, last name Lorkey, L-O-H-R-K-E. Find me there. Great. So I'm sure they'll be doing that again. Thank you so much for having this could be a tough discussion and tough topic, but you handled it with grace. So appreciate it. <laughs> well, thanks for the opportunity. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bless you, bro. Once again, what a great conversation we had. I want you to come back again because we have some more cool Christian nerd topics to discuss. If you like this podcast, and you want to see other people that you care about be a part of our cool Christian nerd tribe, share this with them. Till next time, this is Jamie Centeno reminding you, it's smart to keep your cool. Peace.